0: Hello and welcome to The Dispatched Podcast, Week in Review. I'm Paul Cross and this is Carol.
1: Hey, Paul.
0: Big, big week, Carol. Huge week. <laughs> <laughs> big, 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 big week. The Albanese government has picked a fight with pharmacy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they've announced the doubling of dispense quantities for over 300 PBS listed medicines. What does this mean and what are the implications?
0: Well, just means that you're going to be able to go and get, rather than getting 30 days, you'll be able to get 60, 60 days. And these are pretty commonly derived medicines, cholesterol and blood pressure, the like. So if you take one tablet a day, rather than getting 30, you'll get 60. Now, the argument is that it reduces, essentially halves the price. Yep. Mark Butler argues that it will increase compliance.
1: Sorry, what's that argument based
0: on? Well, he argued this morning that countries where this has occurred has led to a compliance improvement okay I, I think time will tell on that i'm mm-hmm. I'm I, I, here's the figure of twenty percent that's a very big number so let let's wait and see now the saving this generates is one point two billion dollars because they're paying fewer dispensing fees, and the minister has said that they are going to redirect the entirety of that amount into other pharmacy programs. obviously it's going to impact the bottom line of pharmacies
1: yeah, and the supply i mean.
0: Potentially. Well, both pharmacy and the wholesale distributors and they know about supply. Mm. They have said that it's going to impact supply because of course they're going to have to ship more into the pharmacy. And that raises a lot of fairly obvious questions. For example, where does all this stock sit? Yeah. If you're having to hold double the amount of three hundred and twenty five medicines, then you need shelf space. It's all of those sorts of practical considerations that are going to have to be made and This is set against the backdrop of other reforms that have made the supply chain a little bit unstable. We've had the pandemic, of course, where there have been global issues. But then we've had things like the six-month stockholding commitment. So this new double dispensing policy is going to be implemented whilst companies are also implementing the new six-month, four-to-six-month stockholding commitment, which doesn't actually count – The amount that you've put in the supply chain, traditionally the supply chain in Australia holds two to three months of supply. That doesn't count towards the four to six months. But if you're doubling the dispensed quantities, the two to three months might have to go to four to five, what we might traditionally consider four to five. So it's going to create a lot of instability. And pharmacy, well, they've gone to the mattresses on, Mm. on this one. They will see it as a seminal fight. I think that's already well and truly underway.
1: Yeah. And so, just forgive me because you know this isn't my background, but so it saves on dispensing fees. But those drugs cost money, right? And they're dispensing twice as.
0: Yeah. So, so the medicine cost will essentially be the same because it's sixty days rather than thirty. So, if the pack is twenty dollars, you're just getting forty dollars worth of medicine. Yeah. But the dispensing, the, the dispensing fees, that will only apply once, whereas. In the past, it would have well up until now, and it still does. Would have applied twice, yeah, for, for those for those for those two two packs. Okay. Now, obviously, the government has a pretty good line about being positive for patients because it halves essentially halves the cost of the medicine. But pharmacy will be arguing that well, there's no point halving the cost of medicines if they're not on the shelf. Yeah,
1: yeah, you have to be able to supply the medicine.
0: You've got to be able to supply it. So time will tell.
1: Okay, so I mean, we've probably covered it. Can you see any other? consequences over the next few months?
0: The Pharmacy Guild are not like other groups in the health sector. They don't write a couple of angry letters and then go away. Yeah. They tore up a non-disclosure agreement. They'd been in discussion with the government about this for two or three weeks, Mm. decided it wasn't going anywhere, their discussion that is, and so tore up the NDA, which no other group would do. Yeah. (laughs) And probably forced Mark Butler to announce it when he has, I presume. Certainly they preempted it. They've done a survey. They've harnessed and rallied their membership. They're already all over Talkback Radio. And I could see this transitioning to a pretty serious campaign on the ground. We wrote this week that pharmacists will use the millions of interactions they have in the next few months Mm. with their patients to remind people of their opposition to this. Yeah. I think the day it's announced is as good as it gets for the government. It doesn't get any better than that. So once it's received well it's all downhill from there because they will pick away, pick away, pick away. Now, the government might be of a view that they can manage the opposition to it. Time will tell. What I will say is that the successful implementation of this policy is 100% reliant on people who see it as a seminal threat.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: It's a big leap of faith for the government to do that. Now, we've argued that they wanted to do this. They've got to do it over five or ten years. They've got to transition to it. This is just another example of the officials pushing ministers out the plane and hoping the parachute opens. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's see what happens. It might turn out. They've made a political judgement and they might turn out to be correct. Let's see. I think the anger inside pharmacy is visceral. Yeah. And we will see how that manifests, but they're not going to go quietly. We can be 100% sure of that. And I, I would compare this. This is not like the industry groups complaining about catch and campaigning against catch up, statutory catch up reductions over the past twelve yeah. months. I would liken this more to the mining tax debate from ten yeah. years ago. That's the sort of approach pharmacy will take and they are very well equipped.
1: I remember years ago it. when supermarkets were trying to get pharmacy dispensaries within the supermarket and, you know, all of the um, scheduled drugs they wanted uh, and I remember the guild going, yeah nah.
0: <laughs> and,
1: yeah. I mean, that was, what, 20 years ago? It still hasn't happened.
0: No, and it probably will never happen, and why would it? The system works really well. It's, this yeah, is it's what, fantastic. You know, you can go into a pharmacy and you can be pretty 100% sure that your medicine's going to be there, and if not, they can probably get it the next day. And Mark Butler was talking down shortages this week, so all the talk we hear about the shortage in medicines, apparently is not true. So to me it's a tremendous risk that you take $1.2 billion out of the supply chain for medicines in Australia, uh, it's implausible to think that it's not going to have an impact, mm. that you reduce the value of something by 1200000000 billion. Let's see how it plays out, but I, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. And
1: mm. uh, Do you think this is symptomatic of a wider issue when it comes to policy development?
0: Yeah, well, it's the push the minister out the plane yeah. analogy. <laughs> Let's just come up with an idea and impose it and see what we get away with. It's just no way to develop policy. I understand that the government's in difficult fiscal circumstances. They wanted to find money for other things.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and the former government has to take some responsibility that if this was a long-term objective, then they could have started it slowly and gradually and built towards its adoption. But expecting pharmacists and wholesale distributors to wear the cost of this, it's a big risk to take. Yeah. The minister did assert in his press release announcing this policy this week that there'll be no impact. I thought, well, you might be right, <laughs> but that's not what everyone is saying. Yeah. A, well, it's no it's impact cool. beyond the, the the double dispensing and the lower cost. Yeah. Well, as I said, if you're taking 1.2 billion dollars out of this infrastructure, which is con- considered critical infrastructure, mm-hmm. stands to reason there'll be implications. We've seen it with all those things. You know, drop the bomb and see which buildings are worth saving. Yeah. And that's. I don't believe an ideal way of doing things, but that apparently is the way we do things. Yeah. These days, we just pull the old handbrake and <laughs> see, see what happens. See, see what happens.
1: Watch them scramble. Yeah. Okay. Um. So questions from you guys. Why shouldn't patients be able to get increased quantities when it happens in other countries and the P has advised that it's safe?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not necessarily arguing against the policy. I'm arguing against the way it's done. Yeah. This was originally advised in 2018 to the former health minister, basically as a negotiation tactic in the lead up to the negotiation of the seventh CPA. And the pharmacy guild beat beat that away successfully. But these ideas always have a way of re, reappearing, minister. Why don't you? You know, they dust off the old policies and give them to the new minister. I just think these sorts of changes in an institutional framework for a public health program. You've got to approach these things with great caution before you start just making these changes. And I said before, we could have just done this slowly and gradually and implemented it over time. It could be on the verge of full implementation today if it had started as a pilot five years ago and people were brought along. Yeah. Just expecting the supply chain and pharmacy to wear the cost of it. They're basically imposing the $1.2 billion cost of this on small businesses. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty marginal enterprise, wholesale distribution. Yeah. They get a very small amount for distributing these medicines. And I just think some thought needs to be given to how these things are done rather than that dramatic approach to just imposing chains. Just think about it. So yes, I'm not necessarily against, against the policy. PBAC advice is PBAC advice. That's fine. If it happens in other countries, that's fine. But a lot happens in other countries that doesn't happen here in healthcare. So that's well, the international comparison is always a bit weak, but I just believe the way it's done is the problem these days, and yeah. the industry, the companies, the medicine suppliers. It's to me, it's implausible to think that if the government is willing to risk upending the supply chain and community pharmacy, to think they're not going to come after the industry again. Mm. It's, to me, it's, it's just yeah, well. Who knows, I could be I could be wrong, but it seems unlikely in an environment where the program does need new funding constantly. As I say, I'm not necessarily against the policy, but I'm definitely against the way this has been done. It shouldn't be done this way. It needs to be done with with the with the protective view of programme. And there's a lot of uncertainty now about where this is going to go, and the concerns of wholesales and pharmacists should not just be blithely dismissed. Yeah, because they yeah. deal with it on a daily basis. They've just dealt with bushfires and floods and a pandemic, and there was no telehealth for pharmacists. They had to be there. Yeah, and this is how this is the reward for them. So we're
1: back to consultation. <laughs> we're back like to oh, that's right, <laughs> the, <laughs> the <laughs>
0: consultation trap, as we call it. Thank you, Carol.
1: Thanks, Paul.